0: As we discussed with friend of the pod, Jesse Granger, Nikita Gusev, as we expected, did actually get traded by the Vegas Golden Knights. He's headed to the New Jersey Devils, where he will wear number 97. Now, there's some guy named Dean Vince who's very upset about this.
1: Andy, what do we know about this Dean Vince fellow? Uh, Apparently, he's a uh, a DJ uh, in Vancouver, not in Vancouver, in Edmonton. He's Mm -hmm. a radio DJ, so he's not like a sports radio guy. He's like a, a music station DJ. And he, he thinks it's disrespectful to one Connor McDavid for oh, wearing 97. Yeah. No one, nobody wore 99, he said, when Gretzky was playing. And so he's equating the two together.
0: Yeah, and he mentions that nobody also wore number 66 when Mario played. Uh, and he says that Connor is on the level with Mario and Dwayne Gretzky. Is he? And, I don't know. I mean, maybe in terms of skill, he could be close. But he hasn't really done anything yet, right? Yes. Like,
1: so, I don't know. He's I'd, won one playoff series. And the only yes. year they went to the playoffs.
0: Yes, he's a great player. Yes. He's going to go down as I think one of the top ten players of all time.
1: But, but also, when those two guys, when Gretzky and, and Lemieux were playing in the, in the NHL, guys didn't wear big numbers. Correct. Like that. It was it was that was pretty uh, unprecedented. Nowadays, everybody's got a high number.
0: It reminds me of all these people being quote unquote pissed off that William Nylander switched to number eighty eight. Right? Like, yes. Because Eric Lindros is just – he had such a huge impact on the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and blah, and blah, blah.
1: This is probably going to get me in some trouble, but what a surprise. This guy's Canadian. I'm uh-huh. upset about this. Yeah. And he's in Edmonton? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, what a well, and what, if, what if
2: Gusev actually wore the number before Whoa. McDavid? So, yeah. so that's
0: actually pretty disrespectful to Gusev. That's right.
2: right. He yeah. was, he's
1: a star player in he Russia. What?
0: Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> the number one scoring yes.
1: forward in the KHL last season.
0: I actually feel bad for Gusev now.
1: Well, that guy got roundly criticized, though, for this one horrible take well yeah as we learned a couple weeks ago we got ratioed yeah by the way <laughs> now that, by the I way know what that is gusev going to the devils like have the devils had the
0: best offseason of any team in recent memory like it's it's unbelievable what they've done they have brought themselves to be like a real legitimate contender i think at least maybe not this next year but like in the next five years i think well, they're I, gonna be pushing
2: for it. yeah i mean i think i think there's a valid reasoning there except that one was Based purely on luck and winning the lottery, Yeah. Right? And a blue chip prospect like Jack Hughes, yeah. take that out.
1: They had a good summer, sure, right? But add that in, yeah, and then add that in, yeah. They're looking really good. I think yeah. as far as getting there in five years, though, they got to resign Taylor Hall. But this, all these moves, might help that happen.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, if there's one thing to take away, though, Gusev, ninety-seven, pretty messed up. <laughs> sound of hockey episode 47 it is the alex radulov episode now what do we know about alex radulov andy
1: well back in 2012 when he was a member of the national predators they were playing the uh, arizona coyotes uh-huh who i believe were coached by a friend of the pod dave Tippett back then oh yeah and uh they were in the playoffs and he had a really bad game too and it turns out that night before game two he was out till some say 1 a.m others say 3 a.m mm-hmm. and uh he eventually would get uh, suspended for the next two games because of that
0: yeah was and yeah so it turns out that he went out with who's it? Andre Kostitsin, yep. fellow up. Russian, having some pops, mm-hmm. having some sodas. Got home real late, played bad, got suspended by Coach Barry Trotz in uh, in Nashville. So, uh, but he, you know, he's a good player. He's part of that that top three in Dallas. That's so formidable and top heavy. <laughs> well,
2: and Radloff, I mean, the story goes with Radloff. He got essentially not chased. I wouldn't say chased out of the NHL, but went back to the KHL, yep. team and then let, ended up leading. The KHL in scoring, mm-hmm. similar to Gustav. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and came back signed a one year deal with Montreal. Basically, they called they referred to it as a show me contract, and then played really well and earned himself a pretty good deal with Dallas.
1: Was there curfew, uh, constrictions in that contract? I don't know. Montreal is a pretty fun place <laughs> to go out, so I don't know. I, I, think, like, I think in honor of this, we should all. I'm going to stay out till three the, the morning. Too. Oh, good for you on a Sunday, no yeah, less.
0: Go, yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> go crazy! You're going to go crazy. so. I feel like wearing number forty seven too. I mean, Tori Krug also wears number forty seven. So who's disrespecting whom in oh, this case? Man, That's you know? a good point. I think um, we
1: should scrutinize every every new player in the league. I agree. Anywhere. I These our social security numbers. right? Yes.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: What is yours, John? <laughs> yeah, I'll start with you. <laughs> What's your mother's maiden name?
0: We're gonna get into it. Let's start with a quick shout out to friend of the pod Michael, who I know that we've mentioned him on the on the podcast before. He's at PNW bra. On Twitter. Uh, But he had a road trip down to California. And he was a regular
1: at all of our watch parties at the Toskies.
0: Yep. Uh, He took a road trip down to California and apparently to, like, keep himself focused on the road, he listened to... Thirty-two consecutive episodes of Whoa. Sound of Hockey. The
2: thirty-two consecutive. <laughs> we we well, he,
0: sp- he I think he got to like number twenty. Twenty survive? on the way there. Did he did he survive yeah. the. Yep. He. I think he missed it like man. twenty on the way down, and then twelve on the way back. So something like that. But uh, I've only listened to ten episodes. Yeah, I know. I'm like. <laughs> I was like. like <laughs> I can't imagine listening to my. Well, it's not his voice. Yeah, I guess. I can't imagine listening to my voice for thirty. Essentially thirty-two
1: hours of driving. But that's pretty awesome. And didn't he say that he hadn't. He, like got, he found us late, so he, he actually had to listen yeah. to some of these for the first time. Yeah, so he, awesome. he
0: picked it up at episode 13. So the first 12 episodes he was listening to for the first time. So uh, he we heard apologize our, for all those terrible things we said, <laughs> yeah. and bad takes
1: early on. Yeah, oh yeah, because we haven't <laughs> had any
0: bad ones since then. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool, cool stuff. Michael, thanks for listening and being a continuing supporter of the podcast. We really appreciate it. Another quick shout out to friend of the pod, Devin McConnell, who we had on pretty early on as well after Sea Hack. Uh, he was the guy who is doing like the nutrition program at UMass Lowell. Uh, he actually got hired over the last week by the New Jersey Devils. So they just keep getting better and better. But thought that was really cool. And, Pretty and sure uh, that's the sound of hockey. bump. The bump. Yeah. yeah. And but what's funny is we had actually asked him in buy, sell or hold, right. like, do you think you'll you'll ever work in the NHL? And he was like, well, I, I want to hold on that because, of course, it's something I want to do, but I'm really happy with UMass. And uh, but lo and behold, he gets hired by the Devils and there you go. Devils. He, he's a Seattle native, right? So he, he is. A local yep. 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 Cool stuff. So congratulations yeah, to him. for him.
1: That was a good, a good interview.
0: Yep. Let's start with some Seattle news we had. Do we want to call this a bomb being dropped by Ron Francis? Well, it had the result of a bomb. Okay. Because people, people get worked up <laughs> yes. about this kind of stuff. People were,
1: uh, some people were calm, but a lot yeah. of people were understandably upset.
0: Yeah. So he was scouting in Michigan. And what did he
1: reveal? He talked to a friend of the pod, Nick Considica from uh-huh. NHL.com. And what I thought was interesting about the article was that he was already out scouting players at the World Junior Showcase. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but in that interview, he uh, he said that, oh, yeah, team Colors a name, February or early 2020 or 2020. I don't think he said February. Sorry. Let's be clear here. Early 2020. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not very specific. yeah.
1: But I think what gets got gotten people worked up is that this is, what, the second or third time that we've been told a time frame because just a few months ago we were told the end of uh, – or fall this yeah. year. And now it sounds like it's being pushed back. I, I, so
2: I think it's the second time it's moved. So the third mm. day we've had. Yeah. I think at one time it was spring yep, of, this uh, year. of this year. Then it was pushed back to late summer, fall. And now it's first part. Of the new year, so it got the people a little worked up. Well, and you know how much we love to talk oh, about yeah. the name here. It's Our favorite topic, um, yeah. And the I, there were some callouts uh, on Facebook that negotiations getting the crap weasel. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was pretty great. Uh, <laughs> uh, rights was taking a little longer. We don't, longer. We don't we come ever, cheap. We do don't we come ever, cheap. Like
0: actually copyright that? Uh, or uh, or sure. <laughs> Weed. <laughs> Wade, Patent get on that. heading. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: but, but here's the thing, right? Like, you know, as much as I don't care about the name right now or the discussion about the name, they are moving – keep moving the goalposts. And I think yeah. there's reasons to be upset. And, and I'm going to let people have – get a little upset here because
1: it's continuing to, to get delayed. I think that's the part that's upsetting people. Yeah. Not th- not that there's not a name necessarily, but that they were they had planned for a time. They were yeah. told here's when it's going to come, and you can expect well, it. And now it's being and I money. can almost guarantee we will never know why. Um, mm-hmm.
2: But I would love to know why, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it could be that there are too many people that want to have an opinion here. And mm-hmm. with all those minority owners, the majority owners,
1: the league, all this stuff. So it's it's maybe just taking longer. This is ultimately a big decision. This is mm-hmm. going to be the name of your team. This is going to be your image. You, you only get one shot at this. You can't come out with a name and then six months later say, yeah, we don't really like that. We're going to change it. I mean, once you once you reveal it, you've revealed it. So it's, it's, there's a lot that goes into it that we probably don't even understand. Right. And then the whole legal aspect of yep. it, right? And
2: then there's also an opportunity that they are delaying this announcement on purpose because there's not a lot to talk about between <laughs> that announcement and kind of getting closer True. to the expansion draft. And, I also, and if you look
1: at like a PR standpoint, like if they were to do it in fall, the NFL is in full swing in the fall and that dominates not just Seattle, but the, the the sports nation. And if you do it early next year, the NFL is kind of done and there's really nothing going on, especially locally here. So that there's some sense in doing it early. I don't know. Point. I don't know. I don't, I mean, just throwing that out there.
2: I think, well, it could be. You're right. I don't know. Yeah. I, haven't talked, do I, know? I haven't talked to And that's right. what I'd like to know. It's like, yeah. what are the thought process and why What's the latest, yeah. right? I
0: think that there's something to be said about the timeline in terms of how soon you do it before they actually start, too. Yeah, because if you, if you do it too early, right, and then there's all this big excitement when it first gets announced and then... It fizzles before you know. It just yeah. you got to time it right, or or
2: it starts to feel old by the time the team starts playing. Yeah, right? I mean, no one then is. Think exciting. about
0: like jerseys.
2: I know at least going to Seahawks games, you recognize like jerseys that are a couple, a couple years <laughs> yeah. old. You're like, oh, that guy hasn't got a new jersey, yeah. yet. <laughs> right? And so some of these, will, like the logo, will start to. Yep. Look old, and and people want jerseys, but maybe the jerseys will change by then because Adidas might be coming I'm, out yeah. with modification.
1: And I'm curious if they, when they were announced it are they going to have jerseys right away, or are they going to start with like hats and T-shirts and then slowly start? That would releasing be my guess. Merch? Yeah, I think the jersey comes
0: later on. I think it's yeah. just team name and colors initially. So you, you throw some hats out there or something.
2: Yeah. I think Golden Knights
1: revealed their jersey at the same time. Did they? Now, yeah, the but time they revealed it for, what
0: a couple months before, so and about nine months before they took the ice. Okay. So, yeah. so that's yeah. a couple.
1: I, I want to shout out to the person on, <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, I want to shout out to the person on Twitter who said that the team has ruined Christmas now yeah, by yeah. This, this, this announcement. <laughs> I, I laughed at that. I don't think they have ruined Christmas. But uh, well, now people have to think more I about it. I thought it was pretty funny. There's still going to be another Christmas to come. <laughs> you're you're going to have to just
0: settle for a bunch of uh, NHL to Seattle and Sound of Hockey yes. merchandise. That's yeah, it. That's, that's all right. that you can do. Buy now. That's man. right. It's
2: I'm trying, I'm not ordering anymore. I'm like, stuffers. oh shoot,
0: maybe I need to. Just disappoint your children <laughs> yeah. with NHL. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Oh, by the way, I forgot to do the whole introduction thing. Oh. I'm Darren Brown at uh, Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter, joined as always by Andy Eide. Hello, Hello. I'm Andy Eide at Andy AndyEide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, I'm NHL2Seattle on the Twitter. And we are coming to you from Bardown Studios in Seattle, which feels nice. It feels like we haven't been here for yeah. a long time. because
1: a couple weeks. Yeah,
0: last week we went and met Jamie Huscroft out in Renton, and then I did the little thing, you know, recording at home. So it feels like it's been a while. Uh, since we've been here, we, we should
1: also we always forget that to
0: mention that our podcast has a Twitter
1: mm-hmm. account. Yes, too. yes, yep.
0: at Sound underscore Hockey yep. uh, Run. Of course, by Wade the intern. Yeah, Wade the uh, intern does a really great job. Who has there. not and been let we, outside in the summer? Do we yet. know
2: if he's going back to some, um, school in the summer? Or? I don't Is he know. In
0: school? I don't think we got him from the school. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> where did we find him? I don't know. Um, okay, let's get <laughs> get back to it. Uh, the World Junior Summer Showcase has happened here over the past week. John, what were your thoughts on this? So it was. Awesome to see hockey, like Mm -hmm. meaningful, high-caliber
2: hockey in – Really good players. Yeah, outstanding players in August or July and August. Um, I watched Pretty much all the U.S. games, and we were real familiar with a lot of those players because we were at the draft and we saw a lot of them get mm-hmm. drafted
1: in the first round. And many of them were at Everett last uh, December. That's yep. right.
2: So uh Dustin Wolf was also named there. Um He got into about I think half half a game. I think he looked pretty decent. So I saw him
0: making a huge, huge like slide across save. Yeah. On a
2: rebound, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they were down by a bunch. Um, he got it, he got I, I think he got it at half a game. He also, I also he started game. a game, too, against Canada, I believe. It might have been Canada, the, I believe. the, the tune-up first game. Games. Yeah. That, was, that was not, quote-unquote, part of the showcase, sure. but it was part of the tune-up. And I didn't see that. wasn't on TV, so no. I didn't get to see that. But I think he's well-positioned mm-hmm. to, to potentially be second or third, assuming they carry three goalies to World Juniors next mm-hmm. year. I think mm-hmm. he's got a good shot at I think he played well. Uh, Spencer Knight looked really Really good and friend is, of the blog.
1: Yep. Yeah. So he'll, assuming, he'll, be, he'll be the number one guy.
2: Assuming, assuming he's not going anywhere and he's healthy, he's he's going to be the starter for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Caulfield, Trevor Segris Kaliev, Alexei Kaliev. Those were just drafted this year. Those guys looked outstanding. Kaliev looked uh, bigger than I thought he would. It looked like more of an NHL type frame compared to those mm-hmm. other
0: guys. that looked small. He slipped and, to the Kings, right? Like that's like right. Like yeah. Second of round. Second round. But
2: yeah. but he he was projected first round. and I wasn't sure why. I didn't see him much. During the Canadian game, but um, he looked good in
1: Finland
0: game. I, and, I, and I
1: thought I read that Keandre Miller
0: had a strong game. The defenseman, yep. yeah, future Wisconsin good.
1: Badger. Yep. so that's good.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, fellow future Wisconsin Badger Cole Caulfield, who oh. he kind of went viral with that goal he scored against Canada, where he <laughs> yeah, was from the angle, from was, an impossible yeah. angle, as we like to say, yep, right? Yeah. He was at like the the, <laughs> the bottom of the circle and just kind of wound up a wrist shot and put it in. It had to have been about a four inch spot that he could hit in the top corner over the goalies. Uh, shoulder and he just he just nailed it. So
1: friend of the pod, Chris Peter tweeted that out and, like, and said, "What do you do? What do you do with that?"
0: Yeah, I mean he is. How did how did teams pass on him? He not well, the biggest think, guy. 15, all, yeah, right? And it's, it's, it's just a like size. Man, he's gonna yeah, be so he, good. I player, I mean, he
2: had a couple goals, but even in the Finland game, his shots were outstanding. Yeah, like, he was getting into tight areas and getting something pretty good shot off. So
1: he looks good. Yeah. yeah. But he, he is, him right. so he is he, small. That, that could be a, a steal for the Canadian. Oh, fell, huge, I think it's a huge the, steal. down the first round of them. Yeah, huge steal.
0: Uh, now we have another tournament coming up here just around the corner, right? The helenka gretzky tournament.
1: Yep. Uh, that starts on uh, Monday. So that will already start by the time you probably hear this pod since mm-hmm. we're recording on Sunday. But mm-hmm. it's, it's going – it'll go for a week and a half or so. But uh, if you're not familiar with the Helenka uh, gretzky Cup, it's, it's the unofficial quote-unquote start of the prospect season. So these are it's a U eighteen uh, tournament. So these are all the players who are going to be drafted in twenty twenty. Uh, so, obviously, uh, Canada always has a good team. And there are some local ties, uh, uh, mostly with from the Portland Winterhawks. Uh, Seth Jarvis is playing for Team Canada. Uh, he was a really impressive rookie last year, and he's just dripping with speed. That guy is fun to watch because he's loaded with speed. Uh, Seattle's Tyrell Bauer was in camp with Canada, the defenseman, but he didn't make the final cut, which isn't too surprising because he's they, they usually take offensive defensemen for these kind of <laughs> tournaments, and he's more of a stay-home physical guy. But he will get drafted. Uh, consideration this year. He's going to get drafted. He's just not a first-rounder type because he's not a scorer. Um, and then uh, Cross Hannes, another Portland Winterhawk who had a really impressive rookie year last year, uh, is playing for Team USA. Uh, he's a big kid. He can score. He's got a lot of offensive upside. So is, is there any potential there's
2: 2021 prospects or is just strictly uh, 2020? I think they're
1: mostly just to be 2020. Uh, I don't know. I mean, technically there could be a 16-year-old who's there, but I don't think there are any. Yeah. To watch, uh, there's well, another well, Savoy would be a candidate, right? Yeah, and he's probably not there. Not, I don't think I didn't see his name. Okay, sorry to put you on the yeah, spot. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I was looking for mostly the local guys. Yeah, there are there are like nine WHLers on the on the team yeah. Canada, so there is that. Uh, just one little weird one is uh, a goalie for the U.S. team, uh, uh Loudon Hogg, is on Seattle's protected list. Uh, he's not signed with Seattle, and he hasn't committed to an NCAA team yet. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on. I don't, I don't know if he's going to come to their camp or not this fall, but he's a name that's out there that has somewhat of a local connection.
0: Okay. Uh, we are going to do a little bit of NHL talk here, and I know we try to steer away from the hashtag minutia. <laughs> But Except when it's not Minutia. Yeah, this story, I think, is bigger than, than Minutia because this one was definitely the, the biggest thing that came out over the last week, which was that general manager Paul Fenton has been relieved of his duties after just one season. Fourteen uh, months. Fourteen months uh, at the helm of the Minnesota Wilds. So, I guess I'll get your guys' thoughts first, and then I'll share
1: mine. Well, Andy? Okay. The timing of it was weird because mm-hmm. they, they fire him after the draft, so he has... Uh, obviously a big say in the draft and who they draft, uh, after free agency. Uh, and then you fire him right before the season. So if, if you don't like the job, he's, he's already done, quote-unquote, the damage he's going to do by when you fire him now. Usually you fire a general manager before the draft. Uh, and then you read the article that was in The Athletic by Mike Russo, and the things that were going on there, were, it's a pretty astonishing article mm-hmm. about just uh, you know internal strife with, with the organization. They, they, there was a lot of disgruntled uh, employees. Uh, they trade for Victor Rask and – they hadn't scouted him, <laughs> which is – Allegedly, pretty, yeah. Allegedly, which is fascinating. And, and apparently he wasn't there. Uh, he was kind of dismissive of the analytics department and wasn't really looking at any of that. He didn't take their analytics team to their retreat right before the trade deadline, which you think they would want impact from those folks. So it's kind of an interesting – I don't know if it's a fall from grace because don't you have to be up high before you can fall from grace? <laughs> but it was a <laughs> – never really got it grace. It was an interesting fall, I yeah. will say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I read the article as well from Russo,
2: and it's clearly it was just a very dysfunctional, yes. toxic That's kind a good of officer environment and it's funny because i just always assume that nhl clubs certainly on the hockey side have like well-oiled machine and and they're all super top-notch people because those jobs are highly coveted and and people want to be there and so you should get you should get some level of quality when when there's so much desire to be there um and then to see that kind of it's reminds me of, you know, corporate politics, right? <laughs> and and sometimes toxic environments that You've managers there, yeah. have have created and and so I mean the timing is weird but I do have a ton of respect for firing him regardless and not like yeah. giving him a chance or kind of seeing how it plays out or seeing if he can turn it around. Basically, I think Craig Leopold is the owner of The Wild and was like, this isn't going to get better. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to like cut bait and like
1: move on and figure out how to solve this going forward because clearly. Uh, it was not a good environment. What I, what I find kind of ironic in that Russo story is one of the things he talks about is that uh, Fenton was paranoid about leaks. Apparently there were these leaks yep. he didn't like, and he spent a lot of time and energy trying to shore up these leaks, but he might've been on to something because, because Russo has a lot of intel from yep. somewhere inside the organization. So he had sources. So people were in fact leaking things to, to at least after the fact. But Russo is a great journalist. Like yes.
0: he is in in my opinion, and I, I might be biased because I read you him are. all the time. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but like, I think he is actually the best beat writer out there. Like, the, the stuff that he comes out with, I mean, if he writes something or tweets something or whatever, like it's fact, like he knows what he's doing every time. And he, he knows how to push buttons and stuff, too. And on the on the topic of Fenton, he's definitely he had this weird kind of prickly approach with the media, too, and with Russo. And you could tell that Russo was never a fan of his. And like even at the draft, I witnessed it firsthand. So in the little press scrum, Russo asked some questions about, you know, what was happening in the what who they had drafted and whatever. And one of the things that Fenton said was that he liked that the guys were bigger than him, right? Like tall. (laughs) And Russo tweeted it word for word knowing exactly what he was doing, right? And then the... (laughs) The whole narrative on, on hockey Twitter and wild Twitter became that he was just looking for mm-hmm. guys who were tall, right? Like, <laughs> that wasn't really what he meant. He was yes. like, he was happy to be bringing size bonus, back in the yeah. U.S. right? But so you see why there's kind of this lack of trust between him and the media. It's not it's not just a, a one-way street. But then again, Fenton is an NHL GM. Like, he has to be able to handle these things and, and know that, yes, there's going to be some negative things written. Yes, some things yeah. are going to get, get least, out there because yep. it happens with every NHL yep. organization. And I'm going to just deal with it and move on. Obviously, the guy has his sources because he's a he's a great journalist. This is what's going to happen. Like he's going to dig and find information and he's going to put it out there. And you can't freak out when that stuff happens because it happens. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. As far the thing that really always drove me nuts about Fenton was I just couldn't quite tell what the route was like what where were we going you know the we being the wild <laughs> like it seemed so much like he was trying to make the team younger right and faster but then he does these things like he he re-signs eric Stahl at the deadline last year eric stahl has been great for the wild but they could have traded him you know and and potentially re-signed him after trading him so you know get something for him Then they they trade for these three guys. They trade for Rask, uh, they trade for Fiala, and they trade for Donato. Donato and Fiala might be good returns. We don't really know yet. But, like, Rask, like, that's an an awful trade. Like, it's immediately (laughs) an awful trade and people could see it. And then after he does those things, he goes out and signs Matt Zuccarello for five years. You know, I just – I don't get it. Like, he's 32 years old. Yeah. Yeah. He's 32 years old. Like, <laughs> if you're trying to make the team younger, tall. right. If you're trying to, <laughs> but he does look like a lizard. He's got that lizard tongue. Yeah. <laughs> if, if he's trying to make the team younger, then why does he go out and sign a guy like that? And why does Craig Leopold give him the time to do that? Like to, to do a whole draft and to, you know, I, it just—it felt to me like I, I honestly wish that if he was going to pull this trigger, he would have done it earlier. But it is what it is. I'm—I'm I'm, honestly, I'm—it's good. I think that he's looking at it and saying, "All right, we made the wrong decision here. We're going to change it." But
2: well, I don't know. Well, when would you have fired him?
0: Right. Yeah. I don't know. I it's mean, a, it's a tough decision. I, it is a tough decision. At that point, he actually, by all counts, he actually had a pretty good draft other than passing on yes. Cole Caulfield, which I think was a <laughs> huge
1: mistake. But, but in that Arisa article, it apparently sounds like they, he had been meeting with Fenton and like, mm-hmm. trying to work on some of the stuff. So apparently it just got to a point where he didn't feel it was going to ever get reversed. And well,
0: and another thing is that his director of scouting was his son, who he hired yes. After he and scouted he, he had for two years,
1: and it put Bruce Boudreau kind uh, of in the crosshairs, and then an Bruce, position. what? What did I say? Boudreau. Boudreau, Boudreau. <laughs> Bruce Boudreaux. <laughs> yeah. Bruce, uh, not going to work here anymore. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, so they, they move on. It's going to be, I, I guess, they're trying to find a new GM now really quickly. So they've been interviewing a bunch of people. They interviewed Peter Chiarelli, which is terrifying. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, what, one of the first things I thought of, just looking at taking it back to a local lens here, is, you know, NHL Seattle could have waited to hire a GM. Mm-hmm. But I don't Ron know if, Francis I don't know if Ron Francis would have been a candidate there or not, or if he would have wanted to go to Minnesota. but. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of glad, I think, from Seattle's standpoint that they pulled the trigger and didn't wait because that just would have been one more candidate off the off the board for them yeah. to choose from if they'd waited.
0: One thing I do find intriguing is that apparently Don Waddell has not had his, uh, his contract extended in Carolina. So they're kind of referring to him, like Russo and other media, are referring to him as a candidate for Minnesota, which is – Really weird, right? Like I, it's I think he's that done a af- Chirelli, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Waddell has done a great job in Carolina yeah. by when, all accounts. when contract, I think it's currently up. Like he's he's available. He so he's they've... not employed right now. Correct.
1: But he re- he replaced he's,
0: I, the Wild has spoken to him.
1: He replaced Ron Francis, mm-hmm. though, right? Yeah. So that 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 happened in 2018. So that's a quick could be a one-year deal. Turnaround as well. Yeah. Very strange. I don't know. I heard Ron Hextall's name is out there. Yeah. That I like. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. We'll see.
0: A uh, great time to be a
1: Minnesota Wild fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean, but that's just it, right? It's been such such a well-oiled machine, as you said, like so well-run as an organization. They haven't won the cup, but like they've been, to, you know, they went to the playoffs long, I think six until, or seven yeah. years in a row until last year. And it's always just been this like really steady organization. And they were popular,
1: right? They drew well. They, they've always yeah.
0: sold out their yeah. arena, you know? And, and so to see it become kind of a dysfunctional mess is... It's definitely concerning for somebody who's put as much energy into watching and following this it could team be as I have. It could be Ottawa. Yeah, That's true, it could be Ottawa, but we're kind of heading in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we move on to the CHL, Andy,
1: our resident WHL correspondent. Yeah, and if you're not familiar, the CHL is the Canadian Hockey League, which is the umbrella organization over the three major hockey leagues. Explain so it to us, hashtag explain Western it to us. Western Hockey League, uh-huh. Ontario Hockey League, Quebec Major <laughs> Junior Hockey League. No, I was Ontario. just
0: saying that this is one of those yes. segments. I yeah. wasn't saying to further explain it, but oh. I Appreciate the, no, no, that's great. Appreciate the in-depth uh, knowledge so
1: there. So they, they've hired they've hired this guy named Dan McKenzie, who uh, spent a long time in the NBA as an executive, and he's the first full-time commissioner or president the CHL has had since like the early 90s. David Branch has been in that role, but he's David Branch has also been the CHL commissioner and the OHL commissioner at the same time, which mm-hmm. has always been a little weird. So this is the first full-time one they've had in quite a while. Um, and so he's got some – there's some CHL things that they have to, I think, work on. He's, so he's going to have some some things to do. Uh, there's a class action lawsuit those, oh, the, those that's things, going on right yeah. now over uh, player compensation. Uh, there's been some some talk about, you know, the concussion issue, which is an all of hockey that the CHL is dealing with. Um, you know, the, the, the CHL doesn't have a great TV, a major national TV contract in Canada. Uh, there's some local – TV contracts, but nothing league-wide or anything like that. They got to deal with, uh, you know, there, there's the Memorial Cup has some issues with ticketing and things like that. Uh, and the three leagues all have different rules, so there's been some talk about trying to uniform some of the Bantam drafts, like some some like the OHL drafts later than the WHL does. Uh, it, it's just weird to me that these three leagues that supposedly are all at the same level operate completely differently. So hmm. we'll see if, if there's some unifying that happens and. Some of us out here think that the OHL gets a little has always had a little bit of a upper hand because their commissioner also ran the CHL. Are you claiming like an East Coast bias? Kind a little bit, of thing? yeah, a okay. little OHL bias, Toronto area bias. So we'll see if this uh, alle- alleviates some of that. But interesting that they went similar route the NHL went. They grab a guy from the NBA to become their commissioner. <laughs> I don't know if he'll get booed wherever he goes, but we'll All see. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, we now move on to our weekly one timers. Of which there are many. Our first weekly one-timer... Andrey Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning has been re-signed to a whopper of a deal. Eight years, $9.5 million uh, average annual value. Uh, Too much. That's a lot of money for a a netminder. Now, he's had, obviously, a great, great run here in Tampa. He's been a a big piece of that. He's playing behind some great players, though. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it about Russian goaltenders in (laughs) Florida Florida (laughs) getting signed to massive contracts? It's a good (laughs) good time to
1: be a Russian goaltender in Florida. Yeah, well, Bob Roski, uh I think, got a little bit more. Right? I think he was getting $10 million a year. Something like that. did he signed with Florida as a free agent. Uh, it's, it's an awful lot for a goalie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the old days, he used to be like, you have to have a goalie. you got to pay premium for a goalie. But I think that's been debunked a little bit. I mm-hmm. think teams that have such a large cap hit on their goalie don't necessarily have the the corresponding success. So it'll be interesting to see if it works. You know what I don't like about uh, Vasilevsky? What's that? He wears number 88, which is just so, oh, that's, that's so disrespectful t- to, Eric a the to Eric It's slap
0: in the face Derek Lindros, yeah. really. Yeah.
2: So where does Carey uh, Price? value at he uh, was so I think he was one of the highest big ones I mean, wasn't he but I don't is, think he, is he is it Bobrovsky making more people that? were pretty fired up about that and then mm-hmm. Montreal's kind of tailed been, off a bit yeah. mm-hmm. so now everyone's kind of spooked well not everybody but people are spooked about that because it's going to be an albatross and he could I I don't like the term I don't mind the value uh, well, even for Basilewski and they still have to sign Braden Point right yeah but it's yeah. It's the term that's yeah, that yeah. eight years. It's just uh, a little excessive, if mm-hmm. you ask me. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it because um, clearly goalies. Who needs them? Well, <laughs> this is what I'm like. I'm not try- choosing my words
0: appropriately. <laughs> you, you see me just staring. You yeah, yeah.
2: No, but like players like Devin Dunick kind of come out of nowhere in a mm-hmm. way, right? Mm-hmm. Where where you well, don't Binnington need. Biddington in St. Louis. Yeah, <laughs> another one, right? That or Scott Darling. Foster. Yeah, Scott Darling. <laughs> oh. <laughs> The accountant. <laughs> All right, but yeah, it's a little, it's a little big, little long.
0: Yep, the contract. That's right. Okay. You know, speaking of the speaking uh, of the accountant,
1: I think we gotta we gotta like work our connections to get Darren to be the emergency goaltender when the when the crapweezles start playing. They don't want me. We'll trust see. me. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very emotional. emotional. We haven't we haven't talked about as, the long, as, nobody, as long as nobody uh,
0: cherry picks. I don't think we've talked about that. Oh, I I mentioned it on the last. Is there a new? Okay. Oh, he mentioned yeah. his goal that he gave. Okay, up. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's tough night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you mentioned Braden Point, our next weekly one timer is somewhat related because the Lightning also this past week made a trade sending Ryan Callahan and a fifth to Ottawa for Mike Condon and a sixth. So this is, as we like to call it, voodoo accounting. happening. (laughs) Again, it's a it helps just laundering. Our our favorite kind
1: of laundering.
0: It helps both teams because it moves a pretty big contract out of um, Tampa Bay, right? Which helps them out immensely because now suddenly they they have a lot more cap space to potentially sign Braden Point. Uh, But it also helps Ottawa get to the cap floor without real dollars being spent. So lots more voodoo accounting happening here.
2: Yeah. So if you We've kind of talked about this before, but you basically, if it's what referred to as a front loaded contract. So let's say you have four year, 10 million, mm-hmm. maybe the first two years you pay 4 million each year. So that's eight of the 10 million. And then the the last two are 1 million a year. But for cap purposes, they amortize that across every year. So it's 10 million divided by four years. So 2.5 million a year. So basically all this money that Tampa's paid money up front on these contracts and then sends them over to Ottawa. Ottawa takes a higher cap hit without actually paying that salary. So
1: just- And this is the second time they, this is not the first time they have Well, this and- This is I, the summer.
2: I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but Greg Wyshynski did it. And I think other friend people the have reported, friend of the pod, Greg washinsky for ESPN, uh, did an article about how Ottawa is circumventing the spirit of the salary cap. And basically they're getting the salary cap floor by having these These front-loaded contracts that somebody else paid on with the cap hits that they're taking on the cap hit. And which if you're a Senators
1: fan, that's just really got to – Get you excited. Well, that's a, that's I mean, a, that's a decision making for their player. I mean, it,
2: it is within the rules. Like, yeah, Arizona's no, I talking it. about the quality of players the, that
1: they're bringing in aren't necessarily ones y- that are going to result what? in winning.
2: I kind of commented on it online, and not many people picked up on it, but it, it I felt like when Arizona was doing this, mm-hmm. Canadian media, media just went after them, saying, like, this is BS. This is not how the cap's supposed to work. Yeah. I mean, people are giving Ottawa a little crap for it, but not as much as I remember Arizona getting crapped on
1: when they were doing it and I wonder if that's some residual bad feelings about where Arizona came from
2: Mm. no it's just them being entitled Canadian media but but
1: that's a team that got ripped out of the heart of Canada and moved to Arizona I think well I think it's just (laughs) putting a team in the desert
2: right but now they can't complain about it because with no Coyotes there's no Austin Matthews oh this is true good point
0: point there wow (laughs) <laughs> Our next weekly one-timer, and it's a nice segue as well because we were just talking about the Coyotes. Well, the Coyotes have been sold to businessman Alex Meruelo, who did part of his uh, Conferencia in Español. Nice. Oh, just, nice. To, just, <laughs> thank yeah. you. just to indicate to the good people of Arizona that, uh, you know, everyone's welcome, which I thought was pretty cool. And um, I don't know if I've ever seen... Part of an NHL press conference held in Spanish. So I thought that was really well, cool.
1: Well, I think if you're a Coyote fan, this sh- you should be exciting. He's what, the seventh owner they've had now yeah. since 96, since they moved. It was there. a good, passionate press conference, yeah, though, if and you watched and it. He's like, got money, which is the main thing. He's a billionaire, self made billionaire. He's a son of Cuban immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had He started like a pizza chain. He's owned, he owns casinos in, in Reno and, and Vegas. And, and
2: who was the previous owner? Is it Barraway? Wasn't uh, it the NHL? So. No, Barraway,
1: <laughs> bottom yeah. from the NHL. It's hard to keep track of all the owners. Yeah. So Gretzky was an owner at one point. I hope
0: know. that this brings real. Well, you like solid base. Solid yeah,
1: I read some I read some uh, some editorials down in Arizona and that's the, the general feeling is that now they're going to finally spend money. So the thing we were just talking about them getting criticized for yeah. circumventing the, the cap or the spirit of the cap should go away. My favorite thing is somebody asked him about that, about winning and spending money. And, and uh, his quote is, quote, I sure want to win, <laughs> which I love. I think if you're a fan, you want to hear your, your new owner say that, especially yeah. when you've had a track record of doing everything on the cheap, maybe with not such potty mouth though hey i'm okay with it i'm okay with
2: it well so but from what i understand and and I don't know how I know this information, uh, but <laughs> Bearway didn't have much money. Yeah. And he was literally like leveraging the team, yep. like he spun it around. And so to, to reinforce what this owner is going to bring is some stability. And it was a little bit voodoo down there as far as that ownership <laughs> group before. Yep. Signing so, Chris
1: Pronger and Marion Hossa well, and it's, not, to it's, not it's the best team of all time. It, yeah. it, it's literally <laughs> buying the team. Yeah. yeah, It was voodoo, right? Yeah. Like
2: it was yes. – they From did the not on, have yeah. the money, but they made it work and – and so hopefully this new owner will think about a long-term location. I don't know if he commented about that. In yeah, he talked
1: about it. He very vaguely said there was a challenge. There was some, obviously, they have some challenges, and but he didn't go into much detail well, about what the plan was. And but.
2: instantly, that feels like a very good strategy to keep yeah. your mouth shut yep. about it, right? And not kind of over-promise and over-deliver. Like, do Under- things... Deliver.
0: Over-promise, promise. over-deliver un- would be like... Yeah. You're- <laughs> Overpromising a lot and you're delivering even more. Like it's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So I wonder if this will uh, assuage some of the rumors of them moving to Houston eventually. That's always been kind of the general consensus. Is that now they're in the central? They're going to be in the central division. The stacked central. Is it division. rumors mm-hmm. or just
2: people speculating?
1: It was speculation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like so, they I, are moving to the, that division,
0: which is stacked. Yeah, we're just
1: stacked. It, so that, so now, although one of those teams has some turmoil in their front oh, office. Okay. okay. <laughs> So <laughs> we, but, we, we wanted the pod to hear more about that. But mm-hmm. the point is like hopefully
2: he can put a good strategy and now that they have somebody with money and, yeah, and kind I'm, of can I'm probably do this. And he's a successful business person, yeah. right? And so that might be an opportunity to take a business-like approach to this.
1: Yeah. Which I think they've kind of needed. Yep. Yeah. So I think I think if you're if you a Coyote fan, you should be excited about this and about the potential at least. Yep. Our next weekly
0: one-timer. Whoops. Two longtime NHL veterans, Chris Kunitz and Matt Cullen, have announced their retirements over the last couple of weeks, and they're both joining respective front offices. So Chris Kunitz is going to work in the uh, in the Blackhawks front office uh, in a player development role, and Matt Cullen is doing the same for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So. Chris Kunitz, what, what did he win? Three Stanley Cups? I think four? four. Four Stanley Cups? My God, everywhere he went, he just got Stanley Cupped. Uh, it was funny because, <laughs> <laughs> is that how you say that? Sure. Yeah. There's a funny bit on uh, uh, Spit and Chicklets that's been going around where uh, Ryan Whitney was traded for Chris Kunitz, and then Chris Kunitz, Im- like the Penguins immediately won the Stanley Cup, right? <laughs> and so that was this ongoing thing, and so there's this, you know, he's like, oh, finally, Chris Kunitz is out of here. But, I mean, great careers for both these guys. I think neither of them were, like, the most electrical. Fying players, but they just played their roles. Cullen, how old is he, like, 53 something like that he's been, he's been around for a long time the oldest player it, it's in the funny HL. how
1: some of those guys I mean it's, it's you look at like Ron Francis your Hall of Fame player now in the front office but a lot of those a lot of those successful front office guys were, were like middle of the road mm-hmm. players yeah and I always wonder that I always find that kind of like Gretzky was terrible as a coach yeah right greatest player of all time no, that's true <laughs> couldn't yeah. coach yeah uh, but guys like guys like that that are really solid players seem to do really well when they're post uh, playing career when they get into the front office and into administration well but,
2: I wonder if they know that you know they're not the most they start paying in the attention, league, and they're <laughs> like i'm gonna i'm gonna learn as much as i can from yeah, this i and, think there's and, something to that And they probably have a lot of lever, not leverage but uh influence to like ask for help and questions mm-hmm. and, and really dig into it but if
1: you're a guy like gretzky and you're coaching somebody just like just do it like I did. Just
0: yeah, <laughs> right. Make a hundred so, assists. Like, but if you're if you're a guy like Gretzky, right, you don't you don't have to really be like that tuned in to what's happening. Because you so you're just feeling. good. Yeah. You're just yeah. good. You go yeah. out and you make plays and you score and that's it. If you're a lower level player, like you have to be in exactly the right spot for that coach to trust you. Probably study you, you know? more film. You yeah. probably work on things that more. Exactly. Practice. You need every
2: inch. Yep. Of you, you
0: wring all your talent yeah. out yep. of you. That's you right. <laughs> Anyway, two very good players uh, who, like you said, you know, they they weren't maybe the most talented NHL players, but they made very impressive NHL careers for themselves by working hard, being smart players. And um, so kudos to them for their retirements. Our final weekly one-timer, whoosh, a big-time buyout in New York as the Rangers have decided to part ways with Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, at Shattenkueche is my favorite uh, Twitter <laughs> handle. I guess weird timing, weird move. What do we think? I don't know. I, I think he's a good player. I think there's this is one of those where he's going to be getting paid big, big money now for because what, what does he have left on his contract?
2: So he had two more years remaining on his contract, um, and because of the, how the structure works on a buyout, they amortize it over three years. But he he was getting paid six point six, or he will be getting paid six point six for the next two seasons, mm-hmm. just to get some relief from the Rangers. Now, he can sign with another team and essentially be paid by two teams at once. It's so, the best.
0: I've said it before. It's the best gig in <laughs> hockey. You yeah. can get signed to a big contract and then get yourself bought out. Well, and what's <laughs> crazy is,
2: is, you know, when he signed that free and agent deal, yeah. when, he signed, somebody else. when he signed the free agent deal uh, at the time, he was like the big free agent. Yeah. He was, and so it, it's something to think about at these big free agents this offseason or next offseason. Sometimes they flounder, yeah. right? So you're um, stuck with their salary. That's right. And so, the longer the term, that's the bigger concern you would ha- you should have. So the timing is right because it's within the buyout window. Um, so I don't know if it's weird per se, but what's troubling is now he's like okay who needs a player and these a lot of these teams have already figured out who their rosters are And he's also pay. not the only guy out there who's still looking for a home That's right a defenseman too players, yeah. Yeah.
0: But after you get bought out right like theoretically your price tag comes down a little bit So yes. like he could end up being a bargain for somebody now And he could know.
1: sign a one year kind of prove it deal with mm-hmm. somebody and Wow Darren and Andy really nailed it with their takes here Kevin Shattenkirk signed a one-year deal worth $1.75 million with the Tampa Bay Lightning on Monday. Yep. And then get paid by two teams, and that's yeah. the <laughs> best thing that you could possibly have happen. And then cash in the next year. But he, what did we say? He was 30? 30, 30 years old? 30 years old. Yep. Yeah. He's got a lot of time he left. He feels older than me because he's been around mm. for so long. But. That wraps up this week's weekly one-timers. Whoopsh.
0: <laughs> Ooh, what was that? I, you, that was I kind of, felt I wasn't sure if I was supposed to give one. it was, oh, a, it was a little so, creepy. Uh, okay. Kind of creeped me out. Uh, a, we're going <laughs> to so close no? out the show with our <laughs> tweets of the week, as we like to do. My tweet of the week comes from Cat Friendly, who John was just referencing there to talk about Kevin Shattenkirk. He says, the hashtag sends... And, John, you were mentioning this briefly about the, the voodoo that was happening with the Coyotes and Senators and whatever. The hashtag sends are estimated to save $10.1 million from injury insurance and saved $5.5 million in signing bonus expenses by trading for players whose signing bonuses were already paid. While we project the club to have a cap hit of $65.9 million, their estimated NHL roster salary expense— Is 47.5 million. (laughs) That's almost a $20 million difference there, right? Uh, So the cap floor is 60.2 million. So as far as the cap, they're at 65.9 million. In terms of what they're actually paying their players, it's
1: 47.5 million. You you know what just dawned on me? They're like the Groupon NHL team. They're like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) They're getting Groupon, like, find this guy. (laughs) The Ottawa Groupon. You don't actually have to pay for it. Yeah.
0: outstanding <laughs> outstanding voodoo work though right i mean yeah. it, they're they're still working within the rules it's i don't think it's in the spirit of the the CBA. I don't think that's the way you win. No. Well, clearly no. But remember, uh, Eugene Melnick said that they're going to have unparalleled success starting in 2020, I <laughs> think, right, right for that's five right. years. Right. Right. Okay. So we're not there yet. So at some point, we're they're going go to have unparalleled success. Us up for that. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's what I'm saying, though, is like, yeah. at least he managed expectations and said, we're going to be bad for the next two True. years. Right. We're a team, as Pierre Dorian a said. Team. <laughs> um, it's masterful work though, right? They're saving a ton of money. It's just, it's weird, right? Like this is the absolute like epitome of just a, a cheap NHL team that doesn't want to pay much to its players. Hopefully, <laughs> like,
1: hopefully they don't cut the budget of those uh, road tripping videos. Oh, good year. point. Well, so which, let's, yeah. let's let's maybe back
2: up, right? Okay. We talked about Minnesota while? And what they're doing, and and kind of have – be careful. I know, uh-huh. tread lightly. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> choose your words carefully. Now they screwed up a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Ottawa did. Oh, Ottawa. Okay. Why the Duchesne trade is probably the biggest one that they kind of. Yeah. I think is the it led to the demise. Then the Carlson stuff last summer and all that mm-hmm. mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. Matt Hoffman. Matt Mm. Hoffman? Uh,
0: No, that's the BMX biker. Mike Mike Hoffman. You should know he was a shark
2: for about two hours. Yeah, I know. I know. know. (laughs) That was kind of the demise. And so they are actually trying to fix the problem Mm -hmm. by going young, right, and stinking, right? And there's no sense in signing people to try to be more competitive. I know that sounds crappy as a fan. Yeah. But – And they do have young players. Yeah, they do. But they missed out on – some drafts because they traded some draft picks away. Yeah. If you, he's actually doing probably the right thing from a franchise perspective like rebuilding. Mm -hmm. I don't have faith that he's, they have the ability <laughs> to pull it off, and I think he won't be the own- Melnick won't well, be the
1: owner in two years. Mm-hmm. Wasn't John just saying how the Canadian media was giving Ottawa a break on what they were doing while yep. they criticized Arizona? And here, John is defending what Ottawa's doing.
0: Uh, are you defending? I don't think he's really defending. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a good strategy. I
1: think it's a aligned strategy. Yeah. To rebuild your team. And
0: uh-huh. I wasn't even. I'm just. Yeah, I was a clear vision. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Contrary to what I just said about Paul Fenton yeah, in Minnesota, it's yeah. at least a clear vision. Like right. we're going to stink for the next two years. Yeah, like we r- we recognize it. We are going to take every like chance we can to stink and bring in all our, all our good young players yeah. and let them just grow from yeah, within. I, I was just messing with
1: you. I know, but but and then it is if you look. It was, but see, Arizona never did that. That was that was just their strategy. They right. never said we're this is a temporary thing. We're they just gonna they were cheap. just doing yeah. that for. Yeah, the, I wasn't criticizing
2: Arizona. I was no. criticizing the media. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, let's be clear. Hmm. Go back year and a half, two years ago. The Rangers kind of said something similar, right? They're going to stink, and now no, they
0: don't stink. Stars up well. <laughs> now I mean, it, we could, they we'll stink
2: see. until they play, yeah, right? Yeah. We don't know how good they'll be, but they'll be better. They the timing was right. They got they hit the lottery, or at least a second pick with Capo, mm-hmm. um, and they are getting Panarin. He's looking at my tweet. <laughs> so I I think believe it or not, Otto is probably doing the right thing here, but. Yeah. It, it does circumvent the, the salary cap.
1: Yeah. Andy, what's your tweet of the week? My tweet of the week comes from our friend Gritty. Ah, the, at Gritty NHL, yes, the mascot that we all love. Mm-hmm. And he has retweeted out a, a video game screen capture from EA Sports NHL game, and they now have Gritty in the game mm-hmm. this year. And it's a clip of him, you know, some like between the whistle hijinks. Uh, he's in the stands, and he reaches behind his waist and pulls out a drum. And a drumstick and starts banging on it. And he he his tweet says, Please explain where I got this drum. E- e- it does look like he pulls it out of his rear end. Yeah, it really does. It's pretty funny. It really does. I'm looking at it now. I mean, that's. Oh my
0: God. Wow. Good stuff. Gritty, you've done it again, yep. you son of a gun. Uh, John, what's your tweet of the week?
2: So my tweet of the week comes from friend of the pod, Lexi Bender. It's mm-hmm. at Bendy Zero okay. on Twitter. It says, I can't stop smiling. Thank you, NHL Seattle, for capturing moments as we brought the NWHL to Seattle today. So on Saturday, August 3rd, she had a clinic with local girls um, up in Linwood and got them on the ice, went through some skills training and stuff. NHL Seattle was there to take some pictures. It looked awesome, great event. Love seeing. Pro hockey players come to Seattle and coach the youth, even though we don't have the NHL here yet.
0: Yeah. I was concerned from those pictures. It doesn't look like she's wearing a helmet. I noticed that, too. Uh, mm. Especially I after that... our conversation with Jamie Husband yeah. last week. Yeah. Interesting. At least put on the, the Gretzky Jofa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I
2: actually, I think I've talked about doing a clinic with her like three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, She didn't wear a helmet then either. Wow. So, yeah. Neither did Natalie Spooner, for that mm. matter.
1: Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
2: People got mad at me, but
0: they got mad at me not them so that was fine <laughs> with me uh this wraps up episode 47 of sound of hockey please make sure to subscribe on itunes spotify uh wherever else stitcher i guess leave your five star review there buy a t-shirt from nhl to and we will talk to you all very soon for episode 48 thanks so much everybody